What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pick Six Nation. This is going to be episode number 81, and my guest for this episode is Evan Dent. Evan, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. You're welcome. Thank you. It's Can't wait to talk some football with you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, all right, cool. Now let's go into what our topics are going to be for this episode. We have Denzel Ward and Browns agree to five-year, $100.5 million dollar contract 100.5 million dollar contract extension aj brown possible contract contract extension debo samuel wants out of san francisco the arizona cardinals situation the nfl draft situation Dwayne haskins death audio chad otrasenko wanting to cover jamar chasing t higgins in training camp earl thomas possible nfl comeback New commentating team announced for Sunday Night Football. Ben McAdoo press conference. Miles Boykin to the Steelers. Apple NFL Sunday ticket deal. XFL pitches the league to agents as a way to go against the USFL. The NFL free agent and the NFL free agency situation. All right, let's start with Denzel Ward and Browns agree to five-year, 100.5 million dollar contract extension this is awesome for Denzel Ward uh congratulations to him it's absolutely deserved he is now the highest paid cornerback in NFL history also he gets 71.2 71 million uh 250,000 guaranteed uh 20 million dollar signing bonus uh, annual average annual salary of twenty million one hundred thousand. So, yeah, that's that's awesome for him. Congrats to Denzel Ward. It's absolutely deserved. Evan, what do you have to say? Yeah, like you said, it's it's great for Denzel Ward, and it, it's definitely an interesting move for the, the Browns. You can kind of see them. Uh, with Deshaun Watson, it looks like they're moving towards a kind of stars and scrubs kind of model. They're going to have a pretty top-heavy roster. But, you know, when you have good players, you have to pay them a lot. So we'll see how long he goes in this deal before there's another restructure. Um, it does look like they opened up more space this year with this deal um, for them to sign maybe a couple more free agents. So that might speak to what they think they're going to get out of Deshaun Watson this year. Obviously, that that suspension hasn't been announced yet, but they are really pushing their their chips in the middle of the table, and and you get this with sort of the um, upcoming Miles Garrett deal that they're going to have to make. That's probably going to be the bedrock of their their team: Sean Watson, Denzel Ward, and um, and Miles Garrett. So that's a great yeah. great way to build your team, and they have a great offensive line as well, which they're going to have to navigate keeping them all together. But um, you can see that maybe with the Steelers kind of struggling now and, and the Ravens coming back from so many injuries, the Browns are kind of pushing all their chips in the middle of the table. So um, they're another team in the AFC that's, that's going for it. And I still have maybe some questions about where they're going to be in that hierarchy. I don't know if they're on the same level as the chiefs or the, the bills yet, um, or maybe even the chargers they are kind of right on that, that edge with the chargers, but you got to commend them for trying it and definitely keeping together um, the talented nucleus of the team. Absolutely, man. For sure. Yeah. 
yeah, it's again, it's a great thing for Denzel Ward. Uh, congrats to him. It's absolutely deserved. Uh, That's going to be a fun defense for a while. With, yeah, with it will Lynn. be. It will, it will be for sure. Awusu Kormoa is an awesome player. Yeah. They've got a pretty nasty D-line. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is kind of does seem like <laughs> Cleveland's version of the Rams, you know. Um, so yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Evan, do you have anything else on? No, that's it. On Denzel Ward? Uh, and Browns agree to five-year, $100.5 million contract extension? Good for the man. Get paid. All right. Good. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Hopefully it uh, – hopefully that contract goes well for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's go to A.J. Brown, possible contract extension. I really – he absolutely deserves a massive one uh, for sure. There's an article – by Mike Moradis, and it says, did Titans contract offer to A.J. Brown get leaked on Instagram Live? That's the title of it. It says, in an Instagram Live broadcast via San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel's stepmom, it appears details of contract negotiations between the Titans, the Tennessee Titans and wide receiver Tennessee Titans and wide receiver AJ Brown were revealed in the video. Samuel and Brown are both on the phone while the former stepmom, former stepmom Precious Martin, is streaming an Instagram live. The conversation between Samuel and Brown can be heard in the background, and it revealed both players' contract situations. Uh, they, in quotes, they Tennessee offered him Brown twenty million dollars, but they know that he can get more, but they're not giving him more. Samuel says in the video. Also says we've estimated Brown should net a deal of around 23 to $25 million per year, but it appears Tennessee's offer is short of that. And on top of that, it also looks like the Titans are taking a hard stance on that number for now. General manager, John Robinson, head coach, Mike Vrabel have made it, have both made it clear. The goal is to keep Brown in Nashville for the long haul. And Robinson reiterated on Thursday that he won't be traded Brown, who has decided not to attend the voluntary portion of OTAs, doesn't appear to be happy with the situation in this video gives us insight into why he also it's also there's also tweets in the article from aj brown saying i'm a diva and a bad teammate all of a sudden well okay do you do uh do what you have do what have do what you have to do then and so will i and it also says there's also another tweet by him in that in the same article saying they switch up quick uh Forgetting what the emoji is, but I know there's emoji at the end of that as well. Um, then it also says in the article, does this new development concern me? Certainly a bit. And I don't feel as great about the situation as I previously did, but I continue to believe something will get done by midsummer at the latest. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of uh, interesting stuff here. Um, again, Evan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, with him and, and Terry McLaurin, and we're going to talk about him later, but Debo Samuel, they're all getting to the end of their rookie deals. And I think they've seen essentially what the market is. And if Christian Kirk's going to get 
I think $72 million. Um, those guys are definitely worth that much money. They're better than Christian Kirk. Um, what you're seeing is kind of where the line is for a lot of teams. Um, you know, the Packers were willing to pay Devontae Adams. He didn't want to stay there. Devontae Adams is maybe the best receiver in the league. Tyreek Hill, he saw that money and said, I want that. The Chiefs said, mm, I don't know if we can do that. So, you know, they keep Mahomes. They've got that big deal coming up. They ship out Tyreek Hill because at that number, he's just not worth it for them. Um, and then you saw the Bills kind of bump up stuff on did. Um, yeah. And those are probably three of the best five receivers in the NFL. Yes. Those guys are I agree. AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, and Debo Samuel, different levels, but, you know, they're seeing this market. They want in on it. And it's going to be tough for the teams to kind of rein them in on that price because the market has exploded. You know, that's what people are willing to pay for them. So AJ Brown, I think, is incredibly talented. Absolutely. Five million is is getting at the point where you might think, you know, if you're a little more available, he's had some injury problems, you'd be willing to give him that in a second. The Titans are gonna have to kind of find the number that works for both of them. Maybe it's a an inflated number with some years on the end that that boosted up, but um that's where these guys are at. And they're all super talented and, and AJ Brown is as well. Um he can't really hold out. They'll probably just tag him if they can't get him at a new number. But um, I think we're getting to the level of receiver where teams are really wondering if they're going to uh, pay that much for that production. When it, it seems like every year in the draft, you can get a pretty good guy because um, there's so much talent coming in the league every year. Yes. Um, so that'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, we haven't heard kind of the same strain from McLaurin. Maybe Washington's just going to get it done, but um, we'll see what happens with AJ Brown. Again, I think the world of his talent, it, it'll be interesting to see where Tennessee lands with him if they can, if they can make it work. Yeah, absolutely, man. I agree with you there. I, I really hope he gets a, ma a big extension because yeah, he would abs he absolutely deserves it. Mm -hmm. He was an absolutely crucial player for them last year so like he deserves a massive extension um i'd love i'd love for that to work out i know you would too and i know maybe i know everyone watching this would love to for, for that to work out as well mm -hmm. so yeah super interesting to see how that plays out as well so yeah all right Evan, do you have anything else on AJ Brown possible contract extension? No, but I'm, I'm ready to talk about Debo. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, for sure. All right. I don't have anything else either. Uh, yeah. All right. Now let's go to Debo Samuel wants out of San Francisco. This is super interesting. Uh, this seems like it's even beyond just the contract. It, it, yeah if everything you're reading is right it's you know he's not thrilled with his role which is kind of wild to think about because that seemed like his ideal spot you know playing yeah. that sort of running back and wide receiver but he's a good he's a great receiver by itself obviously when you're in that Shanahan offense you're getting a lot of wacky stuff done to you so if yeah. he's not even saying I don't want to be here because I don't want to be in that role 
I don't know how worth it it is to other teams to get him just as a receiver. And, you know, I'm not sure the kind of contract he wants, what teams are going to be willing to pony up um, if they can't also use him out of the backfield, which apparently he has an issue with. So, um, maybe the Jets. <laughs> That's the only thing I think of that really wants a receiver, has the sort of uh, 49ers background, and then has the, the cap space for it. Yeah, I think he was rumored to go to the Jets as well. Um, Samuel, I think he's, yeah, it's possible that he could be, uh, it's possible that he could go to the Jets as well. So it's going to be super interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, Do you think he's worth $25 million? Yes. Yes? Okay. Yes. I mean, I mean, I, I hope he gets it. <laughs> I mean, not only just way more, more than 25 million. I mean, last season more than cemented it. Okay. Yeah. So he is definitely worth a lot of money for sure. If I were the 49ers, I'd be willing to give it to him because they're at such an important point right now with Trey Lance. I think you want to give him as many weapons as possible. You don't yes, want to leave yes. him in, in any position where you know, they get another rookie wide receiver to replace Debo. Just why not give him that kind of safety blanket um, and make sure that your quarterback's path is paid to success as you try to transition into this new era. So, um, yeah, man, for sure. There, then you can't really do much. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be super interesting to see how that all plays out. So, that's it. That's the Bears, I guess, are also an interesting idea. Uh, yeah. For a team that has the cap space and yeah. has the need. Um, and that'd be another thing for Justin Fields to kind of grow with. You yeah. Know, not sure if they'd be using him quite the same way. But if you wanted just a pure receiver, he is a great receiver just by itself. So Jets or Bears um, kind of seem like the two fits. Yeah. Both, both teams would make a ton of sense for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as a as a Bears fan, I'd like. I mean, if Debo Samuel went to the Bears, that'd be awesome. Oh yeah, he would help Justin Fields tremendously. He also just help the Bears' offense tremendously as well. So it'd be a really amazing thing as a Bears yeah. fan. It, you just wonder how much the Bears have to offer right now because they gave up the first round of this year for Justin Fields. So, you know, if you're the 49ers, yeah itching to make the trade you have time you have the franchise tag you you can basically make Debo Samuel play for you so maybe it's something that we're gonna have to monitor throughout you know the rest of the offseason I don't know if it's gonna happen before the draft so yeah but that would be huge for the Bears It'd be huge for the Jets as well if they were yeah it would it would it would, it would. But you can't see well the, pack, <laughs> the Packers I guess could also try there are just limited fits, I think, where you're getting the most out of Debo Samuel. Um, really need a creative play caller. So. Yeah, you do, for sure. That is absolutely true. What was I going to say? Yeah, man. It's going to be very interesting to see where he goes and see how that all plays out. So, yeah. Evan, do you have anything else on uh, Debo Samuel wants out of San Francisco? That's it. 
All right, cool. Now let's go to the Arizona Cardinals situation. I know, uh, what was it called? Patrick Peterson was talking about. Yeah, he was on a podcast. Yeah, he was, wait, he was talking about how He's talking the Cardinals about- are not being like super aggressive when it came to getting play, getting players and just just waiting for draft picks. Yeah, it's a funny thing to say because last year they were really aggressive with free agents, kind of to their detriment. You know, they brought in a lot of older players, but um, there's just a lot of a lot of smoke, a lot of just kind of bad vibes around Arizona right now. I don't know what to make of it, but yeah, something that organizationally you'd want to just get under control, you know. Um, when these things linger, it's, it's not good for anyone. So it, it seems like every week you hear something from one side or the other about Kyler Murray. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they need to get that figured out. Yeah, for sure. Arizona needs to figure out their situation as well. I mean, Patrick Peterson is also supporting Kyler Murray as well, which is, which is good. It's good that he's supporting Kyler Murray in this situation uh props to patrick peterson for doing that uh i mean he's patrick peterson was with the cardinals for a long time so yeah maybe better than anyone that they (laughs) he's saying they're not setting themselves up to be successful year after year he's not wrong about that for sure um they don't seem to have a, a a sustained consistent plan um every year kind of feels like the Cardinals are trying something new so stability and you know making things happen year after year after year and continuing to grow it it just doesn't seem like Arizona has that going for them right now so yeah and also uh Chase Edmonds agreed with uh, Patrick Peterson as well right they were on what's it called all things covered yeah it was Uh, where's the podcast? It was on the um, oh, it was the All Things Covered podcast, yeah. Him and Chase Edmonds, yeah, we're on the All Things Covered podcast and agree with each other surrounding like the culture when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, right? And I think speaking about the Arizona Cardinals, I think they're definitely looking to have a different outcome than than how they lost to the Rams they're they don't they want a much better way to end the season yeah and I mean we were talking about the Browns earlier and and they're pushing their chips in and you can tell that they're a massive talent because they can sense that there's a, a shift in the division you know the Bengals are there but the Steelers are kind of falling off and the Ravens obviously have to come back from a lot of injuries and the NFC West is in the same kind of thing, you know, that Seattle traded Russell Wilson, San Francisco's going to a new quarterback. The Rams have to defend it, their Super Bowl. So Yeah, absolutely. You could very easily see them being the second best team in the division, but they're not making the moves that are going to put them over the top. And the NFC is wide open. So you could see why players 
former players, current players like Kyler Murray might yeah. be a little frustrated. Yeah, totally understandable. I mean, even though they had signed Zach Ertz, they had gotten DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, it needs to be better with them for sure. Mm-hmm. They they need to do better, which is absolutely true. So yeah, also props to Chase Edmonds for agreeing with Patrick Peterson as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Evan, do you have anything else on the Arizona Cardinals situation? No, all good. All right. Let's go to the NFL draft situation. This is interesting because it's coming up in four days. Uh, this Thursday. Yeah. It's going to be very awesome. I know there's been a ton of mock drafts. Uh, who do you think is your top five? Like who? Who would be your top five? Top five players in the draft, or who do I think is, are going one through who, five? One through five. Uh, I think I think the, the Jags are going to take Trayvon Walker, which I think is probably going to be one of the weirdest number one picks we've seen in a while. Uh, Hutchison, Aiden Hutchison to Detroit. I think Detroit will probably run to get that uh, – that card up if that happens um three and four is where it starts to get interesting i think houston at three they have so many needs that you could really see them going with with anything um my guess would be someone like evan neal or icky aquan one of their tackles and then yeah jets Jets, uh, I'm going to say Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. Um, they also are a team with a lot of needs. Yes. They do absolutely. have another pick at 10, so I think they can say we're going to take the corner here and then maybe grab a, a D lineman or a sense of tackle at 10. Um, and then at five, I, I think that's where you're going to see maybe the floor for a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, who's extremely talented but is falling for – you know, off the field kind of issues or character concerns, which very seem overblown to me. I think the Giants at five, because they have a pick at seven, would be pretty happy to take a guy like Thibodeau. Um, yeah. And just take a bet on that talent because he is really freakishly talented. Um, but you can also see them going with the offensive line. So whoever's left between Neil and Aquanu. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's funny that you asked, or I said, you know, who do I think the best five players in the draft are versus who's going one through five? Because <laughs> a couple of those guys, I think, are just uh, not going to go in the top five. So it's one of the most wide open drafts we've seen in years. Yeah, It's hard to get a sense of where a lot of teams are going. And there's so many teams with multiple picks in the first round. Um, but I think there are going to be some real guys who fall that are going to be really good values. Um, guys like Derek Stingley Jr., who I think is as good or maybe better than, than Ahmad Gardner. Um, and then Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Yeah. is an incredible player. He would do a ton for defense. And he's kind of falling down the, the board right now because of a mix of his positional value and some of his testing numbers. But to me, that's a top five player in the draft. He's just a great football player. So I'd be interested to see where he ends up. Um, 
if it's out of the top 10, any team in the 11 through 20 range who gets him is getting a steal. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of good receivers in this class. Yes. We could see one of them go very early in the top 10. Um, yes. And I guess the real kind of inflection point for the draft is going to be at six and, and whether Carolina goes with the quarterback there or whether they don't. Um, if they don't, you don't see a ton of other spots where a team is going to go for a quarterback. Um, maybe Seattle at nine and then Pittsburgh at 20. New Orleans is also there and, and possibly would take one, but we might see a game of chicken where every team's saying, eh, we're not going to be the first team to take a quarterback um, because it's a weaker class. And, and almost everyone has something set up for this year where they don't need, I mean, you can argue that some teams do need to take a new quarterback, but you know, they have a starter in place at least. Um, that's, and the guy that would come in in the draft wouldn't be an appreciable upgrade or you don't think would be. So that's going to be kind of something to track just where, where that first team says, all right, we're going to take the quarterback because we just need him. Um, it could yeah. be better than people expect, but it could be all the way till 20, you know, with Pittsburgh. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I mean, you could even see, I think, here's what I think. I think Kayvon Thibodeau goes even earlier than five. I think he probably goes three or four. Who's your top five? Or who do you think is going in the top five, I should say? <laughs> I mean... I think Trayvon Walker is good at number one. That'd be he, – he's a great number one. Evan Neal would be a great number two. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at number three. Aiden Hutchinson at four. And then Ikemik Wonu at five. That's my top five. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Where'd I you mean, have Hutchinson? What? Where'd you have Hutchinson? I have him at number four. Okay. You know, I agree. I think Thibodeau is a better prospect than Hutchinson. It's been such a weird season. Um, I just don't see Hutchinson being like a an impact pass rusher at the next level. He, he works hard. He's got a, a really impressive sort of set of moves, but physically he's not that impressive to me. And I think he's going to have sort of a wake up call. So I like the idea of Thibodeau going over Hutchinson. I'm not sure we'll see it, but uh, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I think Hutchinson could definitely still make an impact for sure. He can definitely uh do well in the nfl for sure yeah i just i don't know if he's a double digit sack guy there might not be one in this class if trayvon walker's going over you know first overall but um thibodeau to me is the guy who has the biggest potential for that i think aiden hutchison at his four is going to be a solid pro but um, there are some concerns there i think 
just with his upside. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how the whole draft plays out. It's going to be so fun to watch for sure. I mean, do you think, do you think Carolina's going to go with quarterback or? I mean, I know we'll talk. I know we'll talk about. We're going to uh, talk about the next. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to mention Bad McAdoo and what happened later. I mean, <laughs> I just, I, I don't think there are a lot of people saying that Matt Rule and in Carolina needs to save his job. Kenny Pickett's not saving your job. Malik Willis this year is not saving your job. Yeah. I can I tell mean, Carolina just saying we're going to take a tackle and do our best with, you know, Darnold or Mayfield and then come back to it next year. But they only have one pick in the top 100 picks or something. So, yeah, I don't know if they can really afford to go with Pickett or whoever, but teams always kind of reach for quarterbacks. So I guess we'll see. I mean, I would understand why they would go for Pickett or uh, Willis for sure. I could totally understand that. I mean, we'll talk about Ben McAdoo next. Well, and what happened there. Um, I'm also interested to see some of these teams later in the first round with two picks, whether they use that to trade up. Um, yeah. If you listen to a lot of the, GMs and sort of the people talking about the draft there aren't a ton of what we'd call first round talents I mean it sounds silly because 32 players go in the first round every year but you know every team has their board and the yes. Bills GM this week said you know we don't have 32 first round guys this year so we might see teams like the Packers who have two first round picks because of that Devontae Adams trade and the Chiefs because they have two first round picks later in we could see them saying all right we're going to go get um maybe not a james and williams because he's probably gonna go off the board in the top 15 but yeah i agree with you on that he's a great player <laughs> he's uh, yeah he Incredible. was so yeah he was so great at alabama for sure what a player man yeah i was hoping he would he would slip a little bit but i think kind of that hype is matched up but teams are going to see that you know some of these talented receivers are going down the board and if they need to replace them would they trade up um, yeah or if they want to get you know you could see the Chiefs saying we've got all this money from the Tyreek Hill thing let's beef up our defense let's go get someone um so yeah those teams I mean, later in the first the Saints the Chiefs and the 49 or not the 49ers the Packers that all have multiple picks maybe the Eagles as well just just seeing if anyone wants to trade up or if they're going to say you know this is not the strongest draft cast we'll, we'll kind of keep it um, and take more swings yeah it's interesting how you mentioned the Chiefs because I mean and the Chiefs could bolster up the defense I mean Charvarius Ward is now a 49er right yeah uh and they need someone else on their D-line I mean they need yeah. help on defense um so I see a lot of people saying, oh, the Chiefs are going to try and replace Tyreek in the first round. Oh, yeah. I, I could totally see them going with two defenders in the first round. Yeah, for sure. In the second round, because they got a lot of picks there. So, yeah. Uh, 
it's just yeah interesting pivot points for those teams yeah and you also you also mentioned tyran matthew um right still on sign yeah that's crazy i mean that's heartbreaking that um that, that happened to him because he never wanted to leave the chiefs right yeah that's that's terrible i, I feel again i totally feel for him man for sure yeah But yeah, I'm excited to watch the draft. It does yeah. feel this year like we're getting, I don't know, you can't really tell what's going on. Yeah. Way more than any year because there's so much that's in the eye of the beholder about. Uh, For sure. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Um, do you have anything else about about the, the NFL draft situation? Um. Not much. I hope Chris Olave ends up in a good spot. Love that. Yeah, <laughs> dude. He would yeah. be perfect on the Packers. So, dude, I totally agree. Yeah, for sure. Chris Olave would be great for any team. He would really help them out a lot. He is just such a fun player to watch. He he really did test well at the combine, but he has got so many different ways to beat you, and it's not like a crazy physical thing. It's just. He's smart. He knows where to go. Yeah. He finds a window. Um, he must be a quarterback's best friend. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think the Packers might be one of those teams that would package picks to move up to get him if they, they really want him. But Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, yeah, that's all I got on the draft. All right, cool. Uh, that's all I have as well. Uh, all right, cool. Now let's go to Dwayne Haskins' death audio. This is really sad. I mean, you have it's the call with the 911 dispatcher. Uh, he had gone to get gas. It's a really it's a really sad situation overall. He was hit by a dumb truck on the South Florida Highway. Uh, really sad stuff. His wife uh, called 911. It's really sad. There's also another woman who had seen the crap, like seen him get hit. I think she called as well. Really, really sad stuff. The audio is really chilling and it's a, it's just a really unfortunate situation overall. Again, thoughts rest in peace to Wayne Haskins. Um, it's unfortunate that he was gone so young. Uh, thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's just a total tragedy and it's really tough to listen to. And yeah. Um, yeah. All the best to his friends and family. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, man. All right. Do you have anything else on the situation? I don't know. All right. Now let's go to Chad Otrasenko wanting to cover Jamar Chase and T Higgins in training camp. Um, this is very interesting. <laughs> Um, where is that? There's an article saying Chad, Chad Johnson wants to line up against Higgins chase at Bengals training camp. And it's by Chris rolling. And it says ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals adding to a Super Bowl roster via the 2022 NFL draft. 
former team standout Chad Johnson made his intentions clear. He wants to lock up Bengals receivers in training camp this fall. Chad posted the following on a team Instagram post. Can I come back and play? I don't need a contract. I still have 82% of my career earnings being cheap throughout the years. I just want to play DB and cover T, Chase and Boyd in training camp. Uh, you can cut you can cut me before uh, you can cut me before the season starts deal it and it also says it's a fun joke uh, except as Bengals fans know with Chad it would be much of a joke if the team actually offered it and let him come get some reps with, in with guys like Jamar Chase and T Higgins <laughs> yeah it's a super interesting situation. I mean, if that were to happen, I think that'd be fun to see for sure in training camp. If that were to happen for sure, I think it'd be very fun to see. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. Evan, what do you think? Um, you know, I'm all, all about teams keeping kind of a community spirit alive with their former players. So good to see Chad Ojasinko kind of back with the Bengals and <laughs> being an ambassador for a team and, and kind of being around the league still. Um, I, I've seen footage of his coverage skills uh, against Stefan Diggs and he didn't do too well. So I'm sure T and uh, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd would have a fun day <laughs> going hmm. up against Chad Ojasinko. But yeah, it's just some fun kind of off-season stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then keeping themselves busy. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's nice. It's it's a nice thing to hear about for sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it'd be fun to see that happen. So, yeah. Evan, do you have anything else? No, that's it. For On that. the um, Shadow Trisinka wanting to cover Jamar Chase and Teagans in training camp. All for me. All right, cool. Now let's go to Earl Thomas' possible NFL comeback. I mean, I it would be very interesting. I'd love to see him come back in the NFL. I think come back to the NFL. I think it'd be great to uh, him being back on the football field would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, one of the best safeties of all time. Yes, yes. Um, a guy that kind of left on his terms or. <laughs> much as he could but um yeah i'd love to see him somewhere i'm not sure where the fit would be but um he's such an incredible football player to watch just in terms of the space he covers and, yeah um the impact he would have on a defense if he's fully healthy so um we'll see maybe maybe somewhere he'd pick up um doesn't seem like Seahawks or Ravens would, would take him back, but um, maybe mid-season someone would just say, oh, we, we need <laughs> it'd be nice to say, oh, we'll bring in Earl Thomas if we need safety help. So I guess yeah, for sure. Yeah, because he was he was an excellent free safety. I mean, he did really well with the Seahawks. Uh, he was a huge part of that Legion of Boom defense. Right. Yeah, just Absolutely. What a hell of a player he is. And it's be really, it'd be really fun to see him in an NFL uniform again with any team. So yeah, Evan, 
Uh, anything else? No, that's it. I'm hoping to see him back. Maybe, yeah, me too. At least an Eric Weddle thing, but hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Now we have a new commentating team announced for Sunday Night Football. It is now Chris, uh, Chris Collinsworth, uh, Mike Tarico, and Melissa Stark. Uh, super, it's super interesting. You have all these uh, lineup changes with the commentary. Uh, super, super interesting. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I um, there's been a lot of moving and shaking around. So Joe Buck and Trey Aikman are over at ESPN now, and now Al Michaels uh, is out on Sunday Night Football. So it has seemed like something that NBC has been preparing for for a couple of years when they brought in Tariko. Um, and, you know, I think he's pretty good. The interesting thing is that they probably wanted to get Drew Brees involved somehow, but he wasn't quite ready for it so they'll give him another year or two before maybe he moves up to that that premium spot um but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to have sunday nights without al michaels and <laughs> getting used to the new team but um that production just sunday night football in general i think is probably the best in the league just in terms of the packages they put together and the, the attention to detail that they have um i feel like you do learn a lot watching um it's one of the like few broadcasts that really focuses on line play and, and they'll really bring you into the game so i'm excited to see what Tariko does there um yeah so. me too me too i think it's, it's going to be a really exciting commentating team to see what happens i mean i'd love to see that commentating team i mean yeah it's going to be really exciting to see them commentate together so it's going to be very fun to see yeah. for sure I mean, now, I mean, you also have Joe Buck. You also have uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman at Monday Night Football as well. That's going to be interesting too. You know? Yeah, for sure. Can't wait for that as well. So you have a lot of comment, uh, commentating lineup changes. I mean, it's going to be very fun to see how that all plays out for sure, especially the Sunday Night Football one. I think it's going to be great. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you also have uh, Brian Greasy uh, becoming the 49ers quarterbacks coach. Uh, hang on a second. Yeah. Yeah, he's the quarterbacks coach for the San Francisco 49ers now. And right, he's that whole Monday Night Football team. <laughs> yeah, because that Monday Night Football commentating lineup was uh, – what's his name? Uh it was uh, Lewis Riddick, Brian Greasy, yeah. and uh, Levy, Steve Levy. Steve, Steve Levy, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Not my favorite team, but <laughs> good on them for, for ending up where they will. It's also interesting. We're going to see Al Michaels on the Thursday night games uh, on Amazon with Kirk Herbstreet. So, yeah. That's going to be – I think Kirk Herbstreit is great on the college game, so we'll see how he transitions to the NFL game. Yeah. Um, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit too, yeah. Very interesting. You know, it's it just <laughs> – the Thursday night games sometimes 
can be kind of a dud. So I guess we'll see how Michael's livens them up. He's always kind of in tune with um, certain aspects of the game. <laughs> he loves talking about the point spread. So uh, yeah, for sure. Maybe Amazon yeah. will in- encourage that. Um, and we'll see, you know, if the Sunday night games, which have been great the past couple of years, and Monday nights were pretty good this year. Just yes, yes. Have those announcing teams rise up to the occasion or, you know, keep things interesting when they're not interesting. Um, another interesting thing is just what ESPN is going to do with the Mannings. Um, they had such a kind of runaway success with the Manning cast, but yes, now they're paying something like $20 million a year to each of <laughs> uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. So are, they're going to be competing with themselves. And I guess it's all good for them. If people watch one or the other, it's the same amount of eyeballs for them, but you could see where some sort of internal tension might come from, you know, Hey, we dropped $40 million for these guys and we're losing viewers to two guys sitting on their couches. <laughs> yeah. About the game. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be interesting how it all plays out. I mean, hopefully it works out uh, the Sunday night football, the new Sunday night football lineup, hopefully it works out with uh, Mike Tarico, Chris Collinsworth and Melissa Stark. So, yeah, hopefully it all works out there. Yeah, hopefully it works out with all the new commentating lineups for fo- for the NFL for sure. So, yeah, hopefully it all works out there. So, yeah. All right, Evan, do you have anything else on, uh, on a new commentating team announced for Sunday Night Football? No. All right, cool. We have Ben McAdoo press conference. I know we <laughs> – God, I know we glossed over this earlier. Um, I mean, he said that Sam Darnold was going to be the starting quarterback and then later had later talked about how he shouldn't, <laughs> how he shouldn't have said that. I think that creates a lot of, it, it definitely creates a ton of chaos for sure. Chaos is the exactly the right word. Yeah. I, I can't think of a team where you have less idea of what's going on. Than yeah. The- Carolina Panthers right now because yeah they've just made so many kind of boneheaded moves over the last couple of years if you look yeah they don't have a pick in the second or third round this year for for what like <laughs> they've just made so many moves that just don't did not fit with their actual timeline so yeah you know they're kind of in a a really bad spot you know even if you look at a team like the Falcons, you can kind of tell that this year they're going to go with Mariota and they're kind of resetting for next year. But yeah, I don't know what the Panthers are doing. You never know what they're doing. Yeah, They're either going to be forced into taking a quarterback who they shouldn't at six or, you know, rolling with some combination of Darnold and I guess trading for Baker Mayfield, who, you know, I don't know if they have the infrastructure to make either of those guys work. So the nfc is is more wide open than ever they have a division that you know besides the bucks is kind of in flux but i don't know it just seems like they don't have anything unified and and they're not all rowing in the same direction so oh yeah i also forgot also with the carolina panthers they had uh uh, there was like a new stadium going on and they um training facility they didn't finish the um the the construction of it 
Oh my God, man. There's so much going, there's so much chaos with the Carolina Panthers right now. It's they really from the top down. Yeah. They need to really get it together. When it, you know, when things aren't going well at the top, it does filter down. Yeah, it yeah. does for sure. And it can be so when you're a franchise stuck like that, it can be really hard to get out of, but um, yeah, hopefully they do sometime, but it doesn't look like it's coming soon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's coming soon. Um, yeah, they need to get it together. Uh, the state, the whole stadium uh, situation as well. Yeah. That whole thing. Uh, that's nuts. It's absolutely <laughs> nuts. <laughs> anyway. Ben McAdoo, a great NFL character. <laughs> He's always shown up in funny places, so I appreciate him that for that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have anything else on uh, Ben McAdoo's press conference? Um, <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. That whole situation is nuts. Right. I mean, hopefully... <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully it gets better. Uh, yeah. All right. Now let's go to Miles Boykin to the Steelers. Uh, he was picked up off of waivers by the Steelers. They still they have his contract as well. He was released by the Ravens earlier this week. I mean, hopefully it's it's a it's a good move by the Steelers. I mean. You now you have Juju Smith Schuster with the Chiefs, and then you bring in Miles Boykin. It's it helps your wide receiving core a ton. That's I think it's a great move by the Steelers, and hopefully it works out with uh, for Miles Boykin in what's it called in Miles Boykin in Pittsburgh. Hopefully it all works out there. Yeah, I mean they needed someone to come in for Juju, and and they do really well with receivers. You don't. I don't know what they do, but <laughs> like they have magic pixie dust or something, but Miles Boykin, it just didn't seem like he was ever going to stick in, in Baltimore. So, and, you know, Baltimore has Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman there now. So yeah. They just thought it wasn't worth the effort to keep Boykin around um, along with Mark Andrews. So um, he's going to get a chance in, in Pittsburgh with Mitch Trubisky and, and maybe a first round quarterback, someone like Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter. Um, but yeah, the Steelers are kind of an interesting spot. I think it's a good kind of flyer for them. Um, but we'll see how they do this year. Yeah. And, yeah, and absolutely. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's going to be super interesting to see how that works out. Hopefully it works out for Miles Boykin in uh in pittsburgh yeah 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 hopefully it works out for him there so yeah all right now let's go to apple nfl sunday ticket deal I mean, this is, I mean, it's rumored that uh, it, that deal had already been, it's, it is rumored that the deal had already been completed behind the scenes. Uh, 
it's very it looks very close to being completed as well so yeah i'd love to see that i think it'd be really cool to see that for sure evan what do you think um i think it'd be great if if it's just like bundled in with apple tv um i've watched a couple of baseball games on apple tv and it's a pretty good experience and <laughs> yeah me too i've definitely i've watched some mlb games too yeah i mean it's a really yeah it's a totally good experience yeah if it got bundled into there and, and the price was relatively low that'd be great for for everyone who's paying for a sunday night ticket or something yeah ticket absolutely absolutely really jacked up the price of that but you know i can't see it really like changing i guess the service all that much it's just the draw of, of any football game you want um is so valuable for apple if they want to get people on there so hopefully if, if they get it they keep it the same way you know <laughs> um and it's good for everyone who's trying to get it or trying to watch yeah for sure if they like the baseball um they put like a lot of it interesting information on the screen just in terms of pitch tracking and, and sort of exit velocity on hits so if they wanted to implement that with the nfl i think the technology is there and and not every broadcaster has sort of caught up to it but if they were able to work with the league and have sort of the live tracking of player speed and, and sort of things like that i would i don't know that'd be really exciting but obviously we don't know if it's going to happen yet <laughs> yeah yeah for sure it's just gonna be super interesting to see how that plays out yeah uh yeah super interesting to see how that all plays out uh yeah i hope hopefully that deal goes through i think that'd be really awesome if that deal went through yeah it'd, it'd be great for apple it's great for the nfl uh it's a it's a total win all around at least in my opinion evan what do you think yeah, I mean, if the if the the rights go from 1.5 billion to 2.5 billion, as as people are kind of speculating, uh, that's good for every team in the league. That's good for all the players in the league because that means more money. So, yeah, know, for sure, people want to watch NFL football, and if people are going to pay for it, that's good for everyone in football. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely, Evan. Do you have anything else on uh, that situation? Or that's it. All right, cool. Now let's go to. XFL pitches the league to agents as a way to go against the USFL, which is super interesting. I mean, because recently, I mean, the XFL has been trying, they've been going against the, the USFL, which is, uh, which started this year. And yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see all, how all that plays out. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> have you watched any of the USFL? I've seen some highlights of it. It's kind of bizarre. Like, there's no one in the stands. Yeah. But you get a ton of access. Like, the, the quarterback's mic'd up. So yeah. All the calls at the line. And then Mike Pereira is in the referee booth doing the actual refereeing for the game. Like, if there's a video review, it goes to Mike Pereira and he actually decides. So, it's like the most access possible for like the least no one's watching. <laughs> <laughs> most access possible for something that no one's watching at least live um so i 
I think that I know like a good amount about football. I was watching the game and I could recognize maybe one or two players just from college football. They haven't in the USFL at least attracted the level of talent where even football fans like me, who, I mean, I know more than the average person, I guess, are like recognizing the players. So if the XFL is saying we're going to have higher salaries, they'll probably be competing with the Canadian football league. Um, but I just don't know where the sort of hunger is. Um, people don't love watching minor league sports. I mean, they like watching football, but um, off season football, when you know, it's not the best players, it just, it hasn't worked out. So I guess we'll see if the spring football league, I'm sure it'll be relatively popular. And I'm sure the NFL wants there to be a sort of minor league for them to draw players from, but I don't know. I just don't see the sort of long-term success for either of these leagues in the future as sort of a, a lower class football league. It's just not something that's, that's popular here um, yet. <laughs> I think, well, Evan, I see your point, but I think, I think the, the USFL will grow. I think the XFL will grow as well. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the competition between those two leagues uh, come see how that all unfolds. Well, I, but here's what I think. I mean, I mean, in my opinion, I'd like the um, the XFL and the USFL to kind of collaborate with the NFL and be a sort of a feeder system. Do you see what I'm? Do you see where I'm coming from? Right. I think they would love to have a feeder system that isn't, you know, college. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, like, when are you going to get NFL teams? Like, maybe it should be something like what they have in baseball, what they have in even the NBA with the G League. Yeah. Uh, and what they have affiliates. With yeah. yeah, affiliates. Like, if teams want to invest in that, that would be great. If basically you could take your practice squad and then beyond and just have those guys getting experience. Yeah. That's what you'd want. It, yeah. it just ideally yes the nfl is there yet like in terms of every team wanting that or every team wanting to pay for that yeah. when they have a decent approximation of it in college um and sort of a proven way for them to sort of develop players once they get out of college um and the other problem is going to be you know what's the draw for players um I don't think it's safe for them, for these minor league teams to offer deals to guys instead of going to college. Yeah. 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 It's not safe to have an 18 year old on the, on the same field as a 25 year old. Um, maybe you might get some guys leaving college to go to these minor leagues, but with the NIL deals in college right now, why wouldn't you just stay there and then go into the draft? It, there's just a lot to be worked out. And I do agree with you that, a feeder system would be great just in terms of developing talent, but um, yeah. Yeah. It's going to take a long time and I'm not sure they have enough people with money who are willing to wait that long. Uh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, there's an article saying XFL pitches league to age it. It's hmm. is there something else I can help? Sorry. <laughs> All good. Sorry about no, no, no. Sorry about that. Uh, 
XFL pitches leaked agents in attempt to counteract USFL source says that's the article title. It's by Kevin Seifert. And it reads the XFL continued its efforts to counter program USFL's return to the field by convening a virtual meeting of agents Monday night to pitch them on the league's plans for 2023 and beyond. A source told ESPN, the XFL's top football executives, Mark Ross, Doug Whaley, and Russ Giglio told agents that the XFL would offer higher salaries and, uh, and better benefits than the USFL. Uh, Ross, Whaley, and Giglio also suggested that the XFL season schedule, which will begin in February and in May, would be more advantageous for players who want to get subsequent consideration from NFL teams, according to an internal outline of the meeting obtained by ESPN. USFL players are receiving $4,500 per week, for $4,500 per week, in addition to bonuses if their team wins. They also receive subsidized, subsidized housing during the, during the regular season. USFL pays $75 towards the daily $150 hotel room rate at the league's one site location in Birmingham, Alabama. Ross and Whaley told agents that, the, that XFL salaries will be higher and will include full housing and meal costs during the season. Uh, super interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, but again, yeah. <laughs> how it what? shakes out. We'll see how it shakes out. I just, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that all shakes out for sure. All right. Uh, now, I mean, do you have anything else on the XFL pitching the league to agents as a way to go against the USFL? No. I, I, yeah, just – I guess I'll watch it when it's on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, now let's go to the NFL free agency situation. I mean, I have a – question do you think players have more or do you think players are getting more power to negotiate their contracts than in years past do you think that's the case in pure free agency i don't know um, i definitely think you're seeing a shift in player power in terms of of guys saying you know i don't like my contract either give me a new one or get me out of here. And this off season has felt the most like, like the NBA where, you know, players have control over where they go and how much they're paid. Um, with pure free agency. I mean, as long as there are non-guaranteed years and, and money and contracts, it's still going to be kind of slanted against the players. I think you're seeing a lot of players get better at, at using leverage and getting more guaranteed money for themselves, but yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Just if you look at the current class of agents who are available, guys like Joe Hayden, Tyron Matthew, um, they're still out there, and that's yeah. the kind of player that's not getting rewarded by the system. Um, yeah, for sure. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see what Winnie the dog thinks. Um, hmm. So I do think in general players are getting more power. It's just going to be a certain <laughs> certain amount of time until Man. NFL players have the same amount of power and leverage that um, football or basketball players have and 
maybe not baseball players, but um, just in terms of dictating their own, their landing spot. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have Bobby Wagner negotiating his own contract to join the Rams. He was involved with that. Right. I mean, you have Lamar Jackson. He is his own agent now. You have so much going on. I think here's what I think happens. I think there's going to be a greater number of players like negotiating their own contracts in the future, like not with, not with the help of like an agent as much, but just more, it's more themselves and what they want. So you, I think you're going to see a greater shift, a greater increase in that. I mean, we're seeing more and more either fully guaranteed or close to fully guaranteed contracts. Kirk Cousins and, and DeMarcus yeah. or in, uh, Deshaun Watson uh, yeah. in particular. And, and quarterbacks seem to be able to get into that space where they can get a ton of guaranteed money. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see just because of how many players there are in the NFL, you know, 53 per team at least, just where it kind of ends up for the middle class players of the, of the sort of guys who aren't stars uh, if their conditions are also going to improve then they might get more guaranteed money in their deals because when you look at an nfl contract that you know it's only as good as long as you're playing and and most yeah, of are absolutely that you can get out of them and that's kind of reality of sport being as dangerous as it is but it's something where you'd like to see you know the running backs, the offensive linemen, the sort of guys who get worn out by the game, at least get their money um, while they can. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, agree. I totally agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, free agency has been very interesting so far. There's been, like I've said before, so many high-profile moves. Uh, we mentioned Charvarius Ward earlier. We mentioned Tyree Kill. You, had, you also have Teron Armstead. Oh, yeah. You have Xavier Howard getting a massive payday. Uh, you have... Uh, Von Miller. Yeah, Von Miller going Bill. to the Bills. You have a ton of stuff that just went down. It's really been insane. You have Matt Ryan to the Colts, Marcus Mariota to the Falcons. I think the new thing that you're seeing is stuff like the Tyreek Hill where... yeah they brought it to him and said, we have deals with the Jets and with Dolphins and you pick because they're both going to give you their contract. So yeah, that to me feels like the NBA where you have the sign and trade. So um, just where teams are going to say, you know, all right, you pick where you're going to go. We're getting the same thing from either side. Yeah. So super interesting free agency so far yeah i also mean we can't wait for the draft the draft's going to be super exciting as always yeah i mean the draft is going to shake out a lot of these things like you can tell that teams are waiting to get to that next wave of free agency after the draft yeah they've kind of just shut up shop until then so you know a team like the bills needs a second corner they can say all they yeah. want they like dane jackson but um they'd be a prime target to go get a guy like Joe Hayden. So yeah, they're Joe Hayden. I, 
I totally agree. Joe Hayden to the Bills would be fantastic. That only bolsters their already amazing defense. Oh, yeah. And they need that, especially with Tredavious White coming out that knee injury. So, yeah, they're probably saying, you know, if a corner we love falls to us at 25, we'll get him. And then we won't have to sign Joe Hayden. Or maybe we still will, but <laughs> just in case. But um, there is a still a solid amount of free agents left. And, and that's going to be the kind of thing that shakes out probably right after the draft. Either. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's super fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think this is pretty much it for this episode. Evan, do you have anything else you want to add? No, I'm just, I'm excited to watch the draft over the next week and, and see what kind of shakes out. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Yeah, guys, this is pretty much it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Yeah, it was great. Evan, again, you're welcome on any time. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. All right. You guys take care. Evan, take care. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. See you. Bye. You guys take care.